You're listening to Sportsnet Today on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Yes, sir. Sportsnet Today rolls in onto our number two on a holiday Monday. We're live in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. A reminder, you can find hour one of Sportsnet Today wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Spotify, Google. Taylor, have that up on our podcast feeds as soon as possible. I'm Garrett Vanderplug, a.k.a. GVP. Across from me is Shan Vergy. But right now, we go down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar to talk to one of my favorites. You've heard him before on the station on the big show with Russick and Rose. He's a senior writer for the fourth period as well as a serious XM NHL radio host. It's Dennis Bernstein. Dennis, how's it going, man? Thanks for taking the time to join us this afternoon. GVP. Yeah, GVP, Shan, always great to talk to the people in Calgary. Happy to uh, be with you this afternoon. Awesome. Yeah, thanks again for joining us. Uh, wanted to start with your LA Kings. Uh there's been a lot of talk about the Canucks out in the Pacific Division and their great start or even the Oilers' poor start. But I think L.A. has quietly put together a really good start to the year. Should we be talking about the Kings team as as a team that can dethrone the Golden Knights in the Pacific Division here? Well, if you base it off their last game last week against uh, Vegas in Vegas where they had a, a great 60-minute performance and they won 4-1, yeah. They have depth at center. Uh, they are getting goaltending from Cam Talbot, not so much from... Phoenix Copley, and that's one of the areas that needs a little bit of improvement. But yeah, this is a, a dangerous team, GVP, that should yeah. contend for the title. But there are things some going on. I mentioned Phoenix Copley. Uh, yeah, it's funny. Uh, Kevin Fiala's in, in Todd McClellan's doghouse right now. Dubois really hasn't performed at the level of his contract right now. So there's some things going on. But yeah, this is a dangerous team. When they're playing their best, I think they can be anybody. They had a tough early schedule. They opened up with teams like Colorado and uh, Pittsburgh and Carolina, they haven't played well at home. They're one three and three at home, which is surprising. And the thing that's really carried this team so far is the seven zero and zero start, which is really historic for the franchise. They've been great on the road, though. These LA Kings, they've been almost unbeatable yeah. on the road. And you brought up a Fiala there that he might be in in the doghouse and Copley's slow start to the season. But where where is the organization kind of sitting with him? I know he's a young goaltender. He's only gotten into four games, and the stats haven't been great. Is L.A. getting to a point where they might be calling teams for a bag of goaltender? Well, not to the point yet, but okay. it's got to change soon. He started four games. Now, he does. the thing about him, his statistics aren't great, but he wins a lot of games. I think he's only in his career lost 15 games in regulation. So he's one of those goalies that makes one more save than the opposing goalie winds up winning games. But he has to be better. I think his save percentage is 782, and that's they're in the same situation they were last season with respect to uh, Quick and Peterson, who really didn't deliver. So are they doing something right now? But very curiously, last week in Toronto, when the Flames were in Toronto, the Kings did have the North American goaltending scout there, <laughs> and Dan Vladar was playing. So I'm not connecting the dots just yeah. yet. But he's going to have to turn it around, I'd say, by by the new year. If not, they're going to have to get in the situation like they did last season where, you know, what are their options? But, again, they're up against the cap. They can't go get a $5 million goalie. They, they can't do that. Yeah. So they'd have to probably even for a cheaper goalie have to structure a deal. So while they're not hitting the panic button on him yet because he really did help save the season last year, he's going to have to get some wins under his belt and play better. Dennis, we, you talked just a, a little bit there about Pierre-Luc Dubois. I want to get into him a little more because he was the big uh, free agent guy. I watched some Kings games this year. Yeah. Some of them games, he looks like that PLD that we've seen before, but some of them uh, really not doing much. And he's a minus three on the season. So uh, what have you seen from from Pierre-Luc Dubois? Is he living up to what he was supposed to be? Well, he's living up to his reputation, man. Uh, some games, he he's invisible. 
He is. That's okay. Yeah. But it is, and he's behind his pay. I look at this guy as a 60 point guy, mm-hmm. 30 and 30. Now he's getting cover on this team right now because their centers are playing very well. Kopitar has not regressed one bit from 10 years ago. He's mm-hmm. been amazing, right? Phil Deneau is a quality uh, two way center. And their fourth line has been a very dangerous line. As a matter of fact, McClellan gave them a big compliment on Saturday after their loss to Philadelphia. He goes, that line is money. I'm not breaking it up. That's uh, Blake Lazat, Carl Grunstrom, and, and Trevor Lewis, guys mm-hmm. that you know from Calgary. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's the reputation of Dubois. I think at some point he'll go off on the streak, as will, uh, as will uh, Fiala. But, yeah, it's been a mixed bag for, for Dubois, and that's been the criticism, that he doesn't play for 82 games. You know, those 50 or 60 games he does play in, he's really been a monster. But there are times where he is not an impact player, and we've seen that so far as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they definitely need more from uh, PLD as well as Kevin Fiala. But uh, how big is it for this team to see that we're getting production from uh, Quinton Byfield? He currently sits just a point shy of being a point-per-game player. Are we starting to see him kind of live up to what he was supposed to be when he was drafted so high? Yeah, GVB. Uh, look, he's an entirely different player this season. Yeah. Uh, last year, I get it. He was sick. He had two, two. His wrist, both wrists were hurt during the season. He had three goals in 50 games, and they were saying he was doing all the little things, and that's great. But you can't score three goals in, uh, in 50 games playing with Kopitar and Kempe. But he came back this season, different approach, different attitude, way more confident. And, and you know, in this league, confidence goes a long way. We talked about goaltending, but also talking about it with forwards. He's just a, an impact player now. He's again, he's playing with two exceptional players in Kempe and Kopitar, but he, he's he, he's making difference on plays. He's he's big. He's rangy. He's fast to the puck. He's making better decisions. He's got to be a little bit more aggressive with the shot, and he still hasn't found really his shot or his offense here. But he goes to the net. He's got a couple of tipping goals. He's been an entirely different player and a central figure in the start so far this season. We're in conversation with Dennis Bernstein on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. It's hour two of Sportsnet today here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Uh, wanted to switch gears to some of the other teams in the Pacific Division. Uh, wanted to talk about the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, what did you make of the Jay Woodcock firing? Right move by the Oilers? And should this give the the Oilers a little bit of a bump from here on out? Well, they had to do something, right? Yeah. And the easiest thing to do is fire the coach. And Jeff uh, Jackson really likes Chris Noblock, so he's been installed as the coach. I don't know. I, I think it's a situation when you watch this team play, they don't play with structure. They're not getting a save. Certainly Connor's not a hundred percent without question. He's got what two goals in 11 games. He's, he, he's, he's not the, the same kind of McDavid that we've known to, to grow and, and, and know to love, but will this change things? I don't know. Was Jay Woodcroft a bad coach? No, he wasn't. I right. mean, I could talk from personal experience watching him beat the Kings two seasons in a row in the playoffs, but something had to change. This is a very deep hole. You know, they have to go like, you know, Three nine three and one to get back to five hundred. Yeah, and they can't yep. not make the playoffs, right? And it's the specter of Leon has one more year in his deal. Connor has two. And this is Connor's ninth year in the, in the league, and he hasn't been to a Cup final, hasn't won a Cup. So, and you could see it's wearing on him as well. He said he had nothing to do with these changes, but I think I put this at the feet of uh, of Kenny Holland at this point because if you look at the roster, if they wanted to make changes, he handed out no movement clauses like candy. Like every major player on that team has a no movement clause. You really can't do anything. I hope this team does improve. Do I think that they'll regress to the mean and start playing better? I do. I don't think they're a what? 248 point percentage team. But, you know, I think at this point in time, you got to look at other teams that just got into the playoffs, like a Florida. 
I think the concentration winning games is getting to the top eight. Forget about any designs about winning the division or talking about Stanley Cup right now. You got to get back on track. But when I watch this team play, maybe a different voice solves things, but the execution on the ice. Look, I'll be honest. They're soft defensive team without question. Oh yeah. Right. And you're paying, you're paying nurse $9.25 million. There's a myriad of problems to put this team in this place. I think they even could have made a change earlier. Like if they didn't win the heritage classic, I think they could have pulled the trigger at that point. But when you go in and you lose to San Jose, I know people say, why'd you fire him after, you know, getting a win against Seattle, but that game against San Jose, when you go in and lose to a team that's won one game all season, I think that just started things and, they just hope the right to ship again, not for maybe the, the, the short term, but the bigger picture of keeping Leon and Connor happy and in Edmonton. I think that's one of the reasons that made the change as well. So, and I want to, I want to piggyback onto that. You mentioned Jeff Jackson, now the Oilers CEO, but he was one of Connor's guys. And I know he said it many times, Connor didn't have anything to do with this, but are we seeing the Oilers start to do somewhat of a LeBron James style system where they build the entire front yeah. office around, uh, around McDavid. And, and you know, is, is that just straight out of worrying that, Connor might just, he might go home or he might leave in a couple of years. Cause yeah. this is not working. Uh, they're worried about that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's had a hand in this. Cause I don't, I I don't see that as that type of player with the ego. He just wants to win so badly yeah. Yeah. and it's wearing on him. And he's pissed. I'm sure he's not happy about this situation, but do I, do I think he went to Jeff Jackson and said, go get my juniors coach who's coaching the AHL. Yeah. I don't think that's the way it happened. I think that Jeff Jackson likes to obviously likes the coach. He hired him. Right. Without question. So I don't think that and I don't think they I don't think that Kenny consulted with the, his moves when he made moves to trade for Ekholm or anything like that. Constructed the team should be better without question. And But again, you can't trade guys because there's no moving clauses. What else can you do? The course of last resort was to fire the coach, which I get. It's that's a fact of life. Well, Jay Woodcroft closes his league in. I assume he will. It won't be for the Edmonton Orleans, but they, they had to do something to affect change. And this is the simplest and quickest and easiest way to get the team's attention. Now they have to respond. So what we saw last year from Evan Bouchard was he was very good with Matias Ekholm at the end of the season and, and in the playoffs. Yeah. And listen, he's, he's almost a point per game this year. He's, he's got a lot of points, but defensively, this has not been a good start. Is there, has there been too much pressure and expectations put on, on this young guy to, to almost carry that defensive uh, core? I don't think the pressure's on him. I think, remember... Ekholm didn't come back till the regular season started, right? He was injured in training camp. Yeah. He, he, he didn't start the season healthy. He may not still be healthy. And I think that's affecting Evan Bouchard. If you had a hundred percent healthy and Matias Ekholm mm-hmm. next to him, I, I think that the result of that pair would be better, but Bouchard's the type of player. He's not defensively skilled, right? He's, he's out there because he's got an amazing shot. Yeah. Uh, he's got a rocket first shot. And he provides offense, but that's why you pair him with Matias Ekholm. I think that's part of the problem is that this, that they, they started off slowly. Ekholm I, may not be 100% yet. I think that – is there pressure on them? Of course there is. There's pressure in every committee market. You guys know it of any yeah. – <laughs> certainly living and working in Calgary. There's mm-hmm. pressure on this team. There's an inordinate amount – People, a lot of people pick this team to win the Stanley Cup. Yep. So when they're playing this way, you, you point out deficiencies in players, and Evan Bouchard is not a defensive player. So, of course, you're going to point at him saying, okay, look at his results so far. But, again, they've panicked, but they have. there's a lot of racetrack left, right? There's 70-some-odd mm-hmm. games in the regular season, but it's got to start turning like tonight against the Islanders. Like, go out and make a statement. Go out and say, okay, we're upset and pissed that Jay's no longer our coach because he's a really good guy and we performed under him. 
Now we're going to stomp the Islanders 5-1. to one. Right. That's what they need to do. That's what I want to see. It's not about the actual move they can make, guys. It's the response the team make in response to the move. So let's see what happens tonight at home against uh, the Islanders. Yeah. Uh, Dennis, got to ask you about our Calgary Flames here. Uh, Nikita Zadorov requests a trade from the Flames. Flames say they want to take their time with this. Do you think that's the best course of action? I just feel like that Zadorov is viewed highly by some teams who are desperate for blue liners. Wouldn't a somewhat quicker turnaround be better so his sock doesn't drop as much, in my mind? Well, yeah, yes and no, right? Again, there's they, they've played, what, four, 14 games, like, and they're five points out of a playoff. And here's the thing. Like, the whole thing, this revolves around, and it's going to sound funny, is the Minnesota Wild, and I'll tell you why. At the beginning of the season, you, who do you have in the Central? Dallas, Colorado, Minnesota, top three, no question. But now there's other teams like Winnipeg and Arizona because Minnesota's playing so bad, and you watch them last night. They gave up five power play goals and two shorthanded goals and eight, giving up eight. So I wouldn't be quick to, to, to pull the trigger if I'm Craig Conroy at this point in time. I would let this play out and get to game, let's say game 25. Like if, if there are 357 points percentage team at game 25, then yeah, have a serious conversation, have a serious discussion. But again, with all the woes that we've talked about Edmonton defensively, when you look at the goals against, Edmonton's given up 51 and 13, and the Calgary's given up 52 and 14. That, that's not so great either. So I, I would hold, unless somebody's going to overpay your price. If they've established a price for Nikita Zadorov, and some teams meet it or, over, or, or exceed it, would I make the move? I would. I, I, again, things got to change here. But I, again, I think it's smart for them to take their time because I don't think they're out of it yet. I, I really don't. I think I would give them another 10 games, get to a, you know, two dozen games, and then make a decision on roster moves that if you need to make them. And, and we talked about that a little earlier. This, this schedule coming up for the Calgary Flames is a very tough one. Yeah. They play the Canucks twice. They play uh, the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, and, and they really don't have any quote-unquote gimmies. I don't think they have any games this year, but uh, none of, none of the, the tough teams. But Dennis, if we're, if we're looking in the future, say it, it doesn't it doesn't go very well, and you know we talked a lot mm-hmm. with you about Elias Lindholm. Um, has has he made a big mistake in not signing uh, from a, from a financial standpoint? And and you know what what can you see as as a trade for Lindholm this year? Yeah, well, okay, so he was going to get what seven and a half eight million, and he's got eight points in fourteen games in yeah. the contract year that he doesn't have a contract for. Yeah, it, was, it looks like a mistake right now. Yeah. He's got to get on track, but is his team going to be some overpowering offensive team? I don't think so. No. The trade possibilities, again, that's a situation where I would just wait and wait and wait. If you really decide where it's not going to go forward, and remember, there was talk about Lindholm and Hannafin being close to deals, and now they're not, and negotiations have stopped. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're going to trade a player like that, he could be a number one player or probably a number two center on, on championship teams. So what does that mean? It's probably three assets. So it's probably a high pick a roster player and a prospect. That's okay. what you'd be probably looking at for Elise in the home. But yeah, w- was it a miscalculation by not signing? Maybe you, you wanted an extra $500,000 per season on a long-term deal. Yeah. But this is a risk you run by not agreeing to things before you go into a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis wanted to ask you about uh, some of the other teams, in the Pacific as well, uh, specifically the Anaheim ducks and, and their start. Is this sustainable? Can, can the ducks really get into a playoff spot and, you know, hold on to this wild card from here on out? Well, they're going to get goaltending from Gibson and Dostal like that. And, you know, that Frank Vetrano might lead the league in scoring. <laughs> then, yes, that, that they could do it. it it's, I, I didn't see this coming, to be honest with you, but they made some solid additions. Remember, not only the guys that they drafted, Leo Carlson over 
Adam Fantilli will still be debated for years to come because yep. um, Adam's doing some great things, but Leah looks really, really well. The combination of the, the veterans they brought in, like a Radko Gudis and an Alex Colon, who's finally back from injury, with the youngsters like a Mason McChavitz, who is 20, but he looks like he's 35, <laughs> both you know yeah. physically and, 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 and mentally, his approach to the game. Um, Troy Terry's a dangerous scorer. I mentioned you know kids like Ryan Strom. They could do it. They could be in the conversation. And I give credit because when they named Greg Cronin as the coach at 60 years old, his first time as a head coach in the NHL, I'm like, what are they doing? He's changed their attitude. He's bringing them much more structure. And again, it's like every other team, though, guys, they're getting saves from their goaltender. <laughs> and when you get saves from your goaltender, you can win some games. They're not the greatest offensive team in the world, but they are way better. Remember last season, I think they set the record for shots against last season, and they just play with much more structure. I don't know what went on with Dallas Aikens, but they are certainly responding more. So they can be in the conversation. Do I think when we get to the end of the road, will there be a playoff team? Um, well, when you look at teams outside looking in, I, I, I don't think so. But it's, it's now the revival has happened in Anaheim. Last season, it was a terrible season. They've really turned it around with the youth, um, with Verbeek making some key moves, and with Greg Cronin getting a response from his team. Yeah, they'll be pesky all season. Yeah, they're playing above expectations. You talk about a revival. I think they need a revival of Trevor Zegers right now. He's got one point in 12 games for him in the Ducks. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you make of that? I feel like that's got to be surprising. He's coming off of two 20-goal seasons, and he's at a drastic drop-off right now. What, what do you think is kind of a cause why, why Z has got off to a slow start? Well, Z was the guy a couple seasons ago, but he's no longer the guy. And so he needs to have, I think, a little bit of an attitude adjustment, saying, i got to be part of it's the solution to the team. I may not be the superstar of this team, and he probably won't be. You think at this point, McTavish is a better player, and Carson might be. So he has to get in line with the program. That's what he has to do. And when you're really bad and you're a star player, you can get away with more stuff. Can't get away with it now. You're you're not the prime time guy. So I think they sat him down and said, "Look," and I think the key is look at the extension that he got. They didn't they didn't go like Troy Terry. Yep. They didn't go seven eight years at seven or eight million dollars. Like they gave him a reasonable second year deal. Because they still want they still want him to prove that he can be a 200 foot player that he doesn't take risky plays like I'll give you an example like Kevin Fiala does in in Los Angeles though Kevin got his contract he needs to buy into the program that the Ducks have and so that's the the difference in that player and he hasn't done it so far so he's not been the the focus of the team anymore maybe that's a a a, blue, a, bro, uh, a, a blow to his ego. But I think that's what's going on with Trevor Zegers, so that he has to get on board with what the current program and the new program is in Anaheim. Uh, Dennis, I want to shift over to the, the Vancouver Canucks here. We're 15 games into the season, so it's still early, but at the same time, we've seen 15 games of this, this Canucks team. They're 11-3-1. and one. Um, Elias Patterson playing at the radius and Quinn Hughes and all, all these top, top players. Can we start to talk about the Vancouver Canucks as a contender in this division and in the league? Okay, here's the, here's the problem I have with Vancouver. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem. Look, they're playing great. Yeah, right? absolutely. Maybe score all of those. But I'm going to give you some numbers. Okay, mm-hmm. Brock Besser is shooting 27 percent. JT Miller shooting 26 percent. Uh, McKayev shooting 21 percent. Holgland is shooting 25 percent. Patterson shooting 18 percent. And what's the average in this league? 13. Yeah, right? they're going to regress to the mean at some point. They now, here's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Okay. So if that happens, the other thing that's going on is. Thatcher Demko, who they thought about maybe trading last season because he was all banged up, he's been otherworldly. The Smith's been great. So the combination of insane offense and great goaltending, that's why you see Vancouver at the top. Do I think they're that good of a team? Well, I'll tell you this. Quinn Hughes could win the, the Norris this season. Like, absolutely. He has been 
a commanding presence on that team. Plus 18, 23 points. I can't think they're going to be this hot, but it could happen. No, look, you talk about regressing to the mean, but you could, you could have guys shoot like that over 82 games. It's not going to happen over their careers. Everything's falling right for Vancouver this season to start the season. I think they'll regress a bit. Still think Vegas and, and L.A. are better teams than Vancouver. But if you're a Canucks fan, you've got to be celebrating this because they're an exciting team to watch as well as playing solid defense and getting great goaltending from Demko. And I think they have to start to celebrate that uh, Elias Patterson's probably starting to think about signing a contract because we know that he wanted to see success before he did. Um, do you see? Do you see like the future? Is there any the the timeline for this this Pedersen contract? Do you think it's coming soon, or would he wait till about halfway through, or maybe the end of the year? Yeah, I think when you extend guys, it's it's like I talked to Rob Blake here in LA about extending guys who are on the last year of deals. Mm-hmm. Usually around like December fifteenth, January first. That's when conversations happen. You get 25 games into the season. Look, obviously they want to go forward with with Elias and the Slug have to negotiate it. But mm-hmm. it's gonna. It's, it's look. He's not going from an entry level deal to 10 million dollars a year, right? His cap is already at seven three, right. right? So so you don't have to move that much to pay him. You're going to have to pay him top dollar, obviously. But I, I think you'll see once we get to the new year. I think you'll start to hear more chatter about that extension for Elias Pettersson. Okay. Uh, Dennis, last one for me. Another guy who needs a contract is uh, Patrick Kane. Where, where do you think he ends up? I would love to see a Buffalo homecoming. I think that storyline is always interesting to see. But w- what are your thoughts on him and where's maybe the best fit or your, your gut feeling on where Patty Kane ends up? Well, uh, a couple of places. Well, because we have tax-free states here in the United States, maybe Dallas, who's playing really good, and there was a lot of rumors about Jimmy Mill looking at him last season. Uh, maybe uh, the Florida Panthers, who's on a great role. I know you guys have talked about him. They're a really good role. He'd be a nice fit there as well. Uh, yeah, you want to remote, romanticize about Buffalo. Uh, possibly. I, I want to see how their offense goes. Because they haven't been a great offensive team, even right. though they really did really, really good things there. So I think Dallas, Carolina, Florida, and yeah, I'll throw Buffalo in as well. Although I think that's a little bit more romanticized than reality at this point. Dennis, thanks a lot for jumping on. Always enjoy our chats and uh, good, good, best of luck for the rest of the season and uh, hope to do this again soon, man. Thanks a lot. Always great being on Sportsnet Calgary. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Dennis. There you go. That was Dennis Bernstein, senior writer for the Forest Period, as well as a serious XM NHL radio host. Always love our chats with Dennis. That guy's dialed in. He's the best. He knows his stuff. He does. He does. He really does. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here on Sports Debt today, 960. Uh, around the corner, going to get back to our flame stuff, going to dive in more, give our reactions to some of the comments Nikita Zadorov made post game. Going to talk some Oilers as well, as there's some interesting audio coming out of the Oilers oh, yeah. and a bit, of a bit of a gong show up north right now. It's weird. You're, you're making the, the top guy, McDavid. It doesn't seem like he's too thrilled. No, no. They got to keep him happy. They got to keep Dry Saddle happy as well. That's all straight ahead as Sportsnet Today continues right here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today on the official home of your Calgary Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, Sportsnet Today enters the home stretch on a holiday Monday. GVP along with you. We also got Shan who's enjoying an oatmeal raisin cookie. The best cookie there is. That's a terrible Not take. Not even close. Terrible take. Wow. Ra- Taylor, your thoughts on that? Oatmeal raisin is the best cookie. How how can that be a legitimate like take you can take seriously? Uh, it's not, and I don't trust Shan with anything. Wow. I don't. I don't trust him either. I, I mean, I didn't trust him as far as I could throw him wow. before either. Words. I got to shout pretty, out pretty, Aaron here. Okay. Aaron Vickers in the studio. Just with walked us. in. Yes. He 
quite enjoys an oatmeal raisin cookie as well. Give me a thumbs up. So that's that's the opinion I care about today. I'm not I'm not going to slander an, an oatmeal cookie. Okay, you just but did. saying saying that it's the best is is, is ludicrous. There's no sweet treat in the world I'd rather have that's, than oatmeal that's raisin cookie. That's an insane take. Nothing, insane like, is what it is. Whatever. We'll we'll move past good that. Start. And, we'll, and we'll get the business here. We'll get okay. the business. Okay. That was business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big business. Hard hitting stuff here on yeah. Sports at 960 as always. But uh, Friday night. Flames lose to the Maple Leafs in a shootout. And the biggest news coming out of that, Nikita Zadorov requests a trade. I was somewhat surprised by that. Everybody you, We kind of got your reaction to that. Taylor, what were your immediate reactions to Zadorov saying that he potentially wants out? This is a guy who said he wanted to be a Calgary Flame his entire career, wants to be a bigger part of this community and whatnot. So I, I was somewhat shocked to hear that news. What were your thoughts? Well, I got the text from Logan post game of just this tweet. And it was kind of, is this real like is it actually a thing that was said because it doesn't seem like it was yeah right with everything that he said around wanting to be a flame for the rest of his career it kind of just felt weird yeah yeah I, I understand that i'm kind of on the same page with that and let's let's hear from nikita zadorov let's hear from that scrum when he spoke to the media after that game against the toronto maple Leafs. yeah i mean uh uh the score power play goal they had a couple Good point shot on the first goal. Um, had a good tip. Uh, second one was kind of like a bounce on my. That's what I saw at least. Uh, we got one back, you know, going into the third, uh, down by one goal. We came back before in those games, you know. Uh, fortunately, I made a mistake behind the net, cost us a goal. So uh, tough, you know, tough back to back. I don't think we really had like too much energy left in the third period. You know, like it was pretty big game last night. Uh, but I mean, Ottawa is a good team. They're playing pretty good defensively today, I think. What do you think of your goalie? Oh, Wolfie was really good. You know, he gave us a chance to win the hockey game. Uh, I mean, because uh, before this season, we have three great goalies on our team. That's uh, that's nice to have, you know. So I think he's definitely have a... You know, I don't like praising goalies, but hopefully he's have a great future in this league, yeah. Nick, got to ask you the last night, just the, the tweet that went out from your agent. You probably knew this question was coming. What was the thought behind it? Were you in support of that tweet? And uh, what was the, I guess, the, the point of sending it out last night? Well, I mean, uh, I am supporting. Obviously, it's my agent. Uh, I mean, I have to support him. Uh, that was his decision to make that tweet. I think he, he's definitely wants to protect me, wants the best opportunity for myself, you know. So I think he's definitely helping me in that situation. Uh, I mean, uh, that's your job to discuss and all that stuff. I mean, you understand there's a lot of business stuff going on and everything. You know, hopefully I cannot probably talk about 90% of that. It's, you guys can only see 10% what's going on actually behind the curtains. But, I mean, I I love my time being Calgary Flame. I'm enjoying it every day. I love the fans. I love the city. Um, I mean, like I said last summer, you know, like I would love to be Calgary Flame for my whole life. Um, but, I mean, the business side... Sometimes stuff happens, you know. So I mean, we just gotta. Uh, I mean, my agent's gotta protect me at some points for sure. Have really you, have you in fact, asked for a trade? Um, well, we've we've been discussing it. Like I said, I cannot really say a lot of stuff, you know. Maybe it's gonna be time when I'm gonna be able to share it with you for sure. In relation to the tweet, how do you feel about your ice time? Well, I mean, I'm not controlling it. I can feel wherever I want, but the coaches are controlling it. You know, like my job is go up there and compete. I mean, that's, I think that's what I'm bringing every night. You know, at the end of the day, 
It's my 11th uh, year in the league, and it's all about my teammates right now. So I feel like uh, uh, that's not a really proper situation for a team right now, for sure, you know, in this regards. And I mean, I would be pissed if I would be them if I see that from my teammate, but I hope to understand one day for sure. And I mean, I'm, I've been focusing on being a great teammate my whole life, you know. I think if you ask the guys around the league who played with me, I hope nobody said a bad word about me. You know, I would always step in for the guy, I would always help, I would always be for the guy, and I would always kill for any of my teammates on the ice. And that's what I'm going to keep going, keep doing it every night. I get the opportunity to play in this league and be humble. Nikita, given that you just said there's things you don't want to talk about, why have the agent go public on that? In a you got to ask him. That's, you know, like, I mean, I'm a player, I'm a playing hockey. You know, he's, he's doing my business. I trust him in that. So he thought that was the good decision to do it. I have to support him in that. There you go. That was Nikita Zdorov speaking to the media post game after the Toronto Maple Leafs lost 5 4 in a shootout on that one. And, uh, you know, right right off the top of that, that first question, you had to ask him, right, when that when that tweet came out. And he said, you know, obviously he's supporting the agent. You have to support him. He said it was his decision to make that tweet. Both things can be true. Sure, his agent came out and, and said what he said, but there has to be some truth behind the fact that maybe Zadorov wanted that information to get out there or wanted to make it at least known to the Flames that he's not happy with his situation right now. Well, right. the the aggressive agent, yeah, we saw way last of doing things. Yeah. Alan Walsh and Jonathan Huberto, and it right? happens all the time. And and it, I feel like every single time it happens, it puts this pressure on the player that is that's unneeded. And Zadorov didn't look great against Ottawa. We nope. that that one play we've talked about it before behind the net went for a hit instead of trying to clear the puck, and Ottawa right away goal. Um, I mean that's what like Zadorov is though. Like I know that the the Maple Leafs are high on him, and we'll get to a clip from Elliot Friedman talking about mm-hmm. some potential uh, destinations for Nikita Zadorov. But I think Nikita Zadorov is is viewed much higher around the league than what maybe us here in the Calgary market view him as. To me, he's a third pairing defenseman. He's a big guy, got some size, can be quite dynamic in some games, and then. Quite opposite in other games. I feel like he's a guy that can't necessarily drive his own pairing or, or command his own pairing and be the leader on his own pairing. He kind of feels like a supplementary guy. He, he definitely has a lot of upside, a lot of potential in, with his physicality and all that. But uh, for some of these other teams that are, might be interested in him, he's no savior to a blue line. No. And that's with all due respect to Nikita Zadorov. He, he just isn't that player in my mind. You're right. Like he's When he's your fifth, sixth defenseman, that's where you want... I think he can be a fifth, sixth defenseman on any team and be a really good addition to this team. But I think what helped him last year, he was tied for defensemen for most even strength goals. Yeah. With guys like Eric Carlson. I mean, it helped he had a hat trick in his last game. But um, <laughs> I, he, offensively, he does provide some, but he also takes a lot of penalties, Neil. So there's a lot of turnovers mm-hmm. and there's a lot of. A lot of silly mistakes, and George described him as a roller coaster. Yeah, and that's exactly what he is. When he's up, he's up, though. That that's the thing. There is yeah. there is a ton of upside, and I mean, for a big guy, six six, and he can move well. Two fifty. Yeah. So big boy. <laughs> <laughs> the clip. Um. Yeah. Listen, I I I don't think losing Nikita Zadorov is going to be a crazy hit, and I don't think it should start the 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 flood of of get everyone out of Calgary. But hey, if if the Leafs think Zadorov is is their savior. I'm I'm okay mm-hmm. with that. And I, it's just going back to the, the aggressive agent I mean, thing. The, I mean the Leafs blue line though, like they they should be begging for the flame 
yeah. blue line, right? Well, they, they, have they, to they want like, Zdorov and Tanev. So. I know. Well, I'm talking about the fans on Twitter. This is not yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. representative of the team. But exactly. Listen, I, he's, uh, he's a big piece right now. I just think this unwanted attention is not helping the Flames. It's not helping Zadorov. And and I, I, I don't know. I He's not going away soon. I don't think that's... It's not happening the next week. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, Craig Conroy is going to do his due diligence. That's what he's done mm-hmm. throughout his entire tenure as the as the GM of the Flames. And that wasn't the only tweet that we saw from uh, Zadorov's agent before the tweet news came out. He said that the, the Flames weren't playing their best defenseman. Yeah. And if if you were Nikita Zadorov, would you be upset with your current role on the team? I can somewhat understand where he's coming from because if you if you watch both of those games, the Maple Leaf game and the Senators game, specifically the Maple Leafs game, that that pairing of Hannafin and Tanev had a rough night. Mm-hmm. And they're playing the bulk of those minutes. They're playing 20 minutes a night, stuff like that. Zadorov under that. Coming into this weekend, Zadorov had a good game uh, uh, against the uh, Nashville Predators. Yeah. So if I'm Zadorov, I can somewhat understand where he's coming from. I think he's a guy that's just frustrated with his role right now. He might not even want to leave Calgary, but it's just like he's trying to get some leverage here. Well, this, he isn't a contract year and all that, but and and this is a huge year for contract years in Calgary. But there's been so much talk about Lindholm and Hannafin, and and even a little bit of talk about Tanev and Zadorov has been somewhat of an afterthought in that. And that's because there's so much money on the table here that um, with these potential deals. But yeah, I, I he's made it clear he wants to be here uh, prior to what happened a couple a few days ago. But when when you're not made one of the focal points, and you think you should be, that's it's. Stuff like this is going to happen, but I, I, I just don't think he's one of the top guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm somewhat on the same page with you on that there. But uh, let's hear from Elliot Friedman, 32 Thoughts podcast dropped today, and uh, Elliot and Jeff Merrick gave their immediate reactions to Zadorov asking out of Calgary potentially, and wh- what are some of the teams that might want to land uh, the big defenseman? So it was interesting. You know, Zador- oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. So Zadorov plays under 16 minutes on Friday night, and they lose to Toronto. He delivers a huge hit in Bertuzzi. And, and I'll tell you something else, uh, Jeff. The word going around on Sunday night is that a Maple Leaf player said to Zadorov on the ice, you're exactly what we need. So that leads to a... Was, hang on, was that, was that former teammate London Knight Max Domi? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, honestly, they wouldn't tell me who said it, but wouldn't surprise me. They were teammates with the Knights. Yeah. You know, I, I, I just don't know. Like I, I can't answer okay. like, okay. you okay. know what, Jeff, you could be right on, you know, it's rare for you, but you could actually be hey, right about hey, something. Hey, I hey. just don't know who it was. Like someone told me it was said on the, they heard it said on the ice that, one player said to Zorov, you're exactly what we could use here in Toronto. And he delivered a big hit on Tyler Bertuzzi. But Zadorov gets off the ice, and, you know, I, I don't know if it was a slap shot text to the agent, like, play me or freaking trade me or whatever happened here. But Dan Milstein, who was the agent, you know, basically said, you know, he wants out. And uh, buy your tickets in Toronto. Zadorov could be here. So... You know, you know. I will say this: the Flames were really quiet on Saturday. They were not answering calls. Um, they weren't getting back to me. It reminded me of my high school days when I used to try to 
uh, call members of the opposite sex and say, would you like to go on a date with me? And I just never got an answer. That, you know, Craig, Craig Conroy, I want to tell you, it really hurt. It brought back traumatic memories. Um, anyway, <laughs> I, I think the Calgary wanted to dial it down. I think they wanted to calm it down. Um, you know, if you listen to Zadorov talk to Ryan Leslie in the other media after the game on Saturday night in Ottawa, you know, he basically just said, you have to understand, but I'm not going to go into it any more than that. And, you know, I, I think this, I think Zadorov, if he's only going to play 15, 16 minutes a night, I, I think he'd rather do it in another situation. And, uh, but I think the Flames were upset. I think some of the players were upset. Um, but, you know, like, it was funny. I was I was talking to a couple agents and, you know, they were saying to me that, um, you know, more and more players kind of want this. You know, they, they, like, there's some agents who are absolutely dead set against that approach. They say it's not the way we should do things and I don't like it. But there were a couple agents say to me that this newer, younger generation of players, like they see how the basketball players kind of control the narrative and they're in charge. And they're like, you know, like I had a couple guys tell me that they have to fight off some of their young guys about this, that their young guys are like, do it, do it, do it. And they're like, that's not the way that this should work. So, you know, we're kind of in that middle ground. There you go. It was Elliot Friedman, Jeff Merrick on the 32 Thoughts podcast that came out earlier today. And uh, two things I want to talk about there. So Flames want to take their time with this. Yeah. And I brought it up to Dennis. I brought up the one side of things like, hey, maybe Zadorov's stock is about as high as, it, as it's going to be right now while the this narrative is going on that potentially he's going to get moved. But the Calgary Flames are themselves are just in an interesting spot. You brought up their schedule and how tough it is. If they're going to be able to, if they're going to show signs that they're going to turn this thing around, start stringing some wins together, I don't think they move Zadorov. No, they they can't. I, I don't think so. They don't like you've got Osterley and, and Gilbert that are that are your extra guys, but Zadorov does provide a lot. You're right and. With some of these teams, when you're playing the the championship qual, uh, caliber team, especially a team like Vegas, they're massive. Yeah. If you don't have a guy like Zadorov in your lineup, it's 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 a very different game, and and that's where that's where his impact is there. But um, yeah, listen, this 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 schedule coming up, it might be the toughest in the league. I don't know the numbers, but it's it's up there. Like this is these are some very good teams coming up. Um, I I mean I'm very curious to see how how they play the next five ten games. Yeah, yeah. And off the top there allegedly someone in a Maple Leafs jersey came up to Zadorov and said, hey, you're exactly what we need. That's wild. It's It does seem a little wild that yeah. that they're thinking that Zadorov could be the savior to their blue line, but they do have a four-year-old in Mark Giordano <laughs> playing like big minutes for them or top four minutes for them. And and we all know that that John Klingberg signing yeah. really hasn't been working well, but no. Zadorov to the Maple Leafs, are, are they the leader in the clubhouse, you think, from I- just based on what was said there? You know, and they, they just got a good look at him too. Yeah, well, right? we have to keep in mind that Twitter is dominated by Leafs fans. Like, it's <laughs> actually, they're unstoppable. Um, but but really, it does seem like the best fit right now. I know Vancouver is supposedly one of those teams that's interested in even, like, the, the Tanev um, reunion. But it, it seems like the Leafs, this is perfect. They, they really, defense has been their issue in having that physical presence. Giordano has been their physical presence the last yeah. few games. He had 19 penalty minutes the last game. He's he's playing fired up, but this he he is forty. Like he can't he can't keep that up. Um, and and Klingberg actually 
Keith was was happy with his game last game. Didn't have any points or anything, but all um, in all, he's been a major disappointment. Yeah, like major defensively, it can't get any worse. So no, I I, I do think that that Leafs team is is, is leading uh, the race right now for Zadora. It's going to be a while. Yeah, you think it's going to be a while? Like I, the timetable? I I think that's the, the safer route of things, just because of we don't even really know where we are in this season just yet. It's 15 games because in. like we're we're I feel like we're just starting to climb. We're I don't know if we're gonna get over the precipice. I, I'm still confused with this Flames team, really, because I thought we were we were building. If we got a couple wins here on this road trip, I, I would be much higher on these things. But it felt like we beat ourselves in Toronto, and coming off a of back to back in Ottawa, we didn't look ready to play at all. Well, they they had a couple. The, the first half of that game was was not bad. The second half, they were. I don't, I don't even know if they were gas. Obviously, it's back to back, but we it just, just got it, it was a completely different team in that that second half of that game. So yeah, it, it's true. Like these teams coming up, if, but that's the thing. If you if you manage to beat these guys, all of a sudden you've got a lot going for you, and and then I I can't see any moves being made whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing I wanted to touch on from that Elliot Friedman clip there was just about how this younger generation is demanding more player movement and, and players are starting to get their way. We saw it here in Calgary. It's probably why we have a new head coach is that the, the players got their way and now it's their time to prove it. So uh, your, your kind of thoughts on that, maybe not flame specific, but just how some of these players are kind of dictating their situations. Jack Eichel is another guy that kind of, kind of got what he wanted. Yeah. It was, it was a surgery thing with him. And, and, and I side with Jack on that, that he should have, you know, the jurisdiction to, to do what he wants with that. But this is becoming a, a growing theme in the National Hockey League that, that players are getting their way and they have more power than ever before. Well, it's it's the NBA style of doing things, as Elliot mentioned, and it's true. The NBA's like, gone too far, though. Oh, for like, sure. Like the James Harden thing in the NBA is just getting out of hand. Like that guy's blown up three franchises. I know. I, listen, I was the ball's life kid. No, no, I, yeah. I was the ball's life kid growing up. Like basketball <laughs> is my thing. I, I have a hard time watching the NBA now. Um, but I think a big thing is the money, the money situation. Like these guys in the NBA, you can be an average player making more than what Connor McDavid makes, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's a different thing. Basketball is so big in the States, and and I, I, these players are going to want to command um, their situation because of, it's a lot of it is because of money. But look at a guy like, like McDavid. Like, if he starts to, if we see Edmonton completely fall apart and say he's a fairy tale, I'm going home, I want to go to Toronto, that's going to be the turning point. Jack Eichel was a big moment, and, um, a lot of these young guys are getting contracts now. Yeah. We saw what happened with Sanderson. He played one season and got an eight-year contract. And right? that contract's going to age well. It, it should. He was it, one of the better players on the ice in Ottawa. Yeah. It's Especially, just, it's rare. We, we, we wouldn't see that five, ten years ago, or at least to the same extent. So, yeah, listen, these young guys are, because look at the guys coming up now. Bedard, Fantilli, mm-hmm. Carlson that we just saw in this draft. And there's so many, like this rookie class is awesome. Yep. It's going to be interesting to see what they do, uh, I mean, Fantilli, he said that he likes Ohio, so I'll take his word for it. But He's some, frustrated some, with losing out there, but yeah. he doesn't want to get used to use, losing. No. Yeah, you, you might have to. Might have <laughs> Columbus, but. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they have they have a lot of good prospects, so I, I, I'm i not too, too worried about them. But some of these guys, they're, okay, they're well, With Johnny at the helm, not being Johnny Gaudreau right now, then they're in trouble. And he's got one empty net goal this year, so. Yeah. That's not ideal. They're in trouble. You're listening to Sportsnet today, 960 here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. GVP, Chan Virgie, and uh, Taylor Dingman alongside you. i got a couple minutes before we say goodbye here mm-hmm. on a holiday Monday, and we're, we're going to talk about the Edmonton Oilers here, and I want to play a clip from Connor McDavid. Obviously, they fired Jay Woodcroft, and, and we haven't gotten too much more information on 
on what this means for the Oilers and how, how they're going to go going forward. But I thought this was an interesting clip from McDavid when he was asked if Woodcroft actually lost the room. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I don't think uh, the room, he never lost the room. Never lost the room. I didn't think. Um, never lost the room. So, um, you know, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure. So you say it was a surprise, so obviously the players weren't given a heads up that this might happen, like you woke up yesterday and heard the news type thing? I woke up to a text, like probably a lot of you guys did as well. Um, you know, uh, I know the narrative out there, obviously, um, you know, but it couldn't be further from the truth. There you go, that's Connor McDavid speaking to the media when he was asked about if Woodcroft lost the room, so it sounds like they didn't. Sounds like Woodcroft didn't lose the room, and... Uh, Guys still wanted to play for him, so that's kind of surprising. And we'll get to another clip if we have time, but it, it sounded like this decision was not talked to with the players at all. It, it wasn't a, a case where the players said, we need a new voice and all that. So I, I find that surprising to me. Why would you do anything that could possibly anger the best player in the world? Right. right. You don't talk to him about a coach being fired? And and he clearly he made it clear that he liked him, and he also liked Dave Manson. Yeah. So in, in that... Um, in, in in that scrum. So listen, I, I you don't want to upset these guys, really. I know it's it wasn't working, and and it was a little weird that they fired him after that game in Seattle. But it was also the road trip. They they just they looked really good in Seattle. Mm-hmm. They really did. Seattle didn't have a chance that game. Um, it, it's it's ugly in Edmonton, but the the talent there, there's no doubt about it. I still think this team is is going to find their groove and. If that's if that's what it takes, it's drastic, and yeah. you know Jack Campbell getting sent down with that five million dollar contract. It's there's a lot going on in Edmonton, but I, I mean, they look at Connor Brown. He's supposed look, to be man. There I, I just don't think that this coaching change solves any of the problems that they have. They can't get a save, yeah. and they can't keep the pocket out of their net. I, yeah. I don't think this is gonna, you know, drastically turn things around. Those problems aren't solved right now. Taylor, Taylor, do you have any reactions to to the Woodcroft firing when that whole news broke? I, I mean, I feel like you kind of saw it coming after definitely that. definitely on the hot seat, at for sure. At that uh, San Jose game, you kind of knew it was coming. And they're, they're just doing anything they can to get this team going. And if it's a coaching change, which is, again, the easiest option that they p- could possibly go with, yep. they're going to do it. And bringing in Paul Coffey to kind of, I guess, continue the line of ex-Oilers in this coaching staff, they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, well, Paul Coffey really doesn't have much coaching no, experience. he like, doesn't. But, I mean, he's just like a great hockey mind. Well, of they got to do something for that. He's an Oilers mind. legend. He's been with the team as, as a consultant and as a, a skills coach. But I think he'll do fine. It's not like he's the head coach. He's yes. an assistant coach just strictly working with the blue line. I think he'll be okay. Yeah. I, well, the blue line needs some help. So, I I, I think they're hoping he's uh, somewhat of their savior. Yeah. I, I, think, I think management was just worried about like I think McDavid's contract and Leon's contract was the biggest linchpin in making this decision yeah they're losing right now and the coach that is you know having a losing record this season having a disastrous start to their season is Jay Woodcroft Mm -hmm. they're gonna make a change and hopefully that sparks some sort of thing because they got to keep McDavid and and Drysdale happy well they're not they're not producing really I, I know but like if, if like they were producing, they are, they but were they're losing? not producing as as the two best players in the world right. should be. Yeah, yeah. Right? When, when McDavid is down, Leon Drysaddle, if you're the second best player in the world, you should be able to elevate your game to a point where you can 
kind of carry the Oilers, get them through this. We're talking about year seven and eight with, with Connor McDavid, and he potentially might miss the playoffs. Yeah. You can't say that about any of the other Pantheon greats in the National Hockey League. You're talking about Wayne Gretzky missing the playoffs in year seven, Sidney Crosby missing yeah. the playoffs year eight, nine. Crosby, same thing. Ovechkin, at a certain point, this is going to hurt McDavid's legacy, you know? Oh, well, definitely. I mean, you're playing in Edmonton, and this, it's been the same story almost every year, but they've had a couple, you know, they've had the conference final uh, experience, and, and I, I just, just going back to it, like, it would be such a different story if they were producing. And, and yeah. I mean, they, they're the two of the best players in the world. McDavid's number one, and when they're on, they can get three points a night, four points a night. It's, it's, you outscore your problems, but when they're not going, they don't have really any say in, hey, we need everyone else to get. Like, they're the root of the problems, essentially, other yeah. than their defense, obviously. Well, are they the root? I, I think they're, I think they're just one of them. I, I, I would say their goaltending is far, far well, away yeah. their biggest issue. You're their just losing blue so line. many points, right? I mean, and their depth scoring has been bad. Like, like Dylan Holloway was a guy that they were really high on and thinking yeah. that maybe he could be a part of their, their depth scoring wise. He only got his first point the other, the other day. He's having a rough start. So yeah, it's, same thing with Ryan McLeod. He's having a tough go. They're, they're really getting no depth scoring. Um, so that's something to watch out for sure. But Oilers, I, I'm not sure if they can turn it around, but, uh, they have the two best players on the roster, two best players in the world on their roster. So I, I think only time will tell. Mm-hmm. That's going to take us to the end of our show here. Pat Steinberg will hop on the airwaves in just a few moments for Flamestock. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. Thank you to our guests, Alex Adams and Dennis Bernstein. A reminder, if you missed any of those discussions, you can find them on our podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, or anywhere else you may stream full episodes of Sportsnet today. Like I said, Patty Steinberg, Aaron Vickers, hopping on the airwaves next. Flamestock. Coming up, keep it locked. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Bye.